welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am really pumped to hop on an interview with Amanda Hinman, who is filled with so much inspirational story that you're just going to love. She's a busy mama of four, so she's got a lot to share. But before we dive in, I wanted to share two things that are going to change a little bit around here, around the podcast. The first is, is that at the end of every interview now, I'm going to add on a little ending that takes the three most powerful things that I think were shared during the interview and boils them down into doable changes that you too could implement into your story. I just feel like there's so many amazing nuggets that get thrown out to us during these interviews, and I want to make sure that we can all grab onto them and make these changes in our own lives and not think that these are just someone else's stories that we can't do anything with. Does that sound good? So make sure to listen to the end and then listen to that part because Amanda's got some good nuggets. So that's thing one, and that will be coming after every podcast as long as I get some good reviews around that and that you guys are loving it. That would be awesome to know. So make sure to stay in correspondence or rate and review us and let us know that you're liking that ending part. And then the second thing is, is that this really, bar none, is the most favorite part of my job. (laughs) I wouldn't even call it a job, but my vocation to share this content, to help the world be happier and healthier in whatever way that I can. I love having these interviews. They're so much fun. And I think that people are liking to hear them as much as I'm loving to do them. But at some point, I need to make this a smart business choice. So we're going to start bringing these episodes to you by other people. Um, or by businesses that we really believe in. So I have gone through and vetted a couple businesses that I believe really will help us all support our healthy lifestyles. And so at the beginning of each episode, I'm just going to share one and why I love it. And if you decide that you want to purchase or partake in a service or whatever it is that I'm sharing, and you click on the link that we tell you about or put in the show notes, then we get a little kickback and all that will go back into making this run even better. And I just can't, I can't wait to make it better and better and better because I just love, love doing this so much fun. So today's episode is brought to us by Tower Gardens. So this is an ingenious thing, sculpture. I don't even know what you want to call it, but it is a big pot that has this spiral tower coming out of it with lots of little holes. And it's a way for you to grow your own fruits and veggies in a very limited amount of space. And if you say, well, I have acres of land. I don't need that. I have a garden. Well, the other thing it does is that it doesn't use a lot of water. It doesn't use dirt. It doesn't ever require anything like pesticides because it's just growing too fast and things aren't attracted to it in the same way. And it's just this amazing way to grow your own fruits and veggies. Mine is on my way, I fully admit. So you'll be getting some pictures in no time at all. And I just can't wait to just be able to walk out my kitchen door and grab some lettuce leaves or have the kids do it and just make an awesome salad that we've grown ourselves. And I do have to admit, we have a garden here but it's a little farther away from the house. We live in New England, so it only lasts from like June through September, October. And, you know, sometimes things grow and sometimes they don't. Um, we're definitely away some, so then the watering doesn't always work. You know, it is what it is. It's great. We're still going to have that too. But this tower garden will also allow me to grow all year long in our family room. How cool is that? So I am so excited about this. So if you go to plansimplemeals.com slash tower, I will serve you up all the info you need. You can see what it's all about, 
what it really does and see other people who've used it and how they used it. And hopefully that gets you really excited. And I have to admit, it's pretty affordable because you can pay by the month. So I'm really excited for this to be part of our family's wellness. All right, you guys, I want to get into that episode. So I will see you when we get on the line with Amanda Hinman. Hey, busy mamas. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I'm really excited today to have Amanda Hinman on the episode. She is a mama of four girls and an amazing, her work really helps moms get less frustrated and get a lot more confidence and gain time in their family so that their family can really be healthy and happy. And I'm going to let her dive into what that exactly means. But we're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast. It's the first time we're actually looking each other in the eye right now as I'm recording, which is kind of fun. It's not what I usually do. So welcome to the episode, Amanda. Thank you, Mia. I'm really happy to be here. And yes, like you said, it's so nice to kind of see your face and, and connect in this way. Yeah, so it's fun. Great. Maybe it's maybe it's going to be my new way. We'll see. We'll see how this turns out in the end. <laughs> yeah. So tell us. So you're, we're going to go into sort of what your brand is now because you live this sort of amazing life. And if you follow you on Facebook and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you see just how thriving your family is. So, but has it always been that way? Will you go back a little bit and tell us sort of about how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I always say like, what you see now is kind of like the glossy bio, right? It's, it's the stuff that looks good where people are, we're, we're getting along and everyone's healthy and happy and we're in a good spot and, you know, we have a, a growing business. Yet, it didn't always start off that way. And in fact, I always feel like, I'm sure you can relate. I feel like kind of my calling in life found me rather than the other way around. Um, and it, it really, it started with um, my own family's journey of how we can kind of get more connected and to a much happier and healthier place. Because a few years back, my oldest daughter um, was struggling with seizures and these seemed to come out of the blue. I mean, I, I was in a space where I was completely lost as a mom because, you know, I'm like, we eat healthy. I've been, you know, into nutrition and wellness and fitness for over a decade at that point. So I thought we're very active and we eat healthy and I'm really on top of organic and grass fed and all of this stuff. And then I couldn't understand how all of a sudden one day she started having seizures and it was so completely overwhelming to say the least at that point. Um, you know, she was my oldest and she was eight years old. And then I had three other little girls and trying to keep an eye on her because she would have anywhere from 10 to 15 seizures in a day sometimes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it would come out of the blue and it would really, it would start like within the first five minutes of her waking up, she would then start having seizures. And I mean, it was just talk about your life being completely chaotic. You don't know what to expect. You don't know in the drop of a hat, what's going to happen next. And it was just heartbreaking. Like, I, oh my gosh, my heart ached to see my little girl like on the couch after episode after episode and she couldn't even function. I mean, she couldn't even talk and stuff sometimes. So that was like a really bad space yep. for us to be in and a, and a tough spot as a mom to feel so guilty and so helpless because I felt like I don't know what to do to help her. And I felt like I should should know what to do. And at that same time, my husband's anxiety really skyrocketed. He was in a stressful job. And with everything going on with our family, it kind of got to a really tough place as well. And I was fighting an autoimmune condition that completely exasperated during oh, wow. all of this. So we kind of had like the whole kit and caboodle of everything is not, no, not in a very fun place to be. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's ironic. And I always tell people, you know, you can judge me if you want for what I did next, but when my family was in crisis mode, I kind of hit rock bottom. I mean, I felt like I was doing everything I could to support my daughter and taking her to second opinions and therapists and chiropractors and pediatric neurologists and trying to keep my house together for the rest of everyone. And I had nothing left to give. I was exhausted. I was guilty. I was feeling overwhelmed. And that's when I actually sought out help for myself. That's when I started working with a coach and kind of just really decided that I need to get my own self-care because in order for me to show up as a mom to give to my girls, I needed to have something to give. And 
little did I know that that would completely transform not only my health, but have a ripple effect on my whole entire family. And it was awesome because, you know, I really dived into carving out self-care and carving out time for me to feel energized, time to feel better, time so that I could show up and communicate in different ways. And then I realized we were having less arguments and less frustrating meltdowns and things like that. And everything started to shift. And that obviously, in addition to some changes we were making even more so diligently about the food that we were eating and how we were preparing the food and the way that we were sitting down to have like conscious meals together as opposed to eating in the car on the way to practice in between things here and there. And the long and the short of it is within less than a year, my daughter was able to wean off of all four seizure medications. She'd been taking 12 wow. pills a day. And she weaned off all of her medication. My husband's anxiety completely cleared up. I, my autoimmune condition or autoimmune condition, like went into remission. It's like no longer an issue. And it really was empowering. Like for the first time, I felt like I was able to kind of be that role model for my daughters about how to take control of your health and how to decide the way you want to live your life instead of feeling like you're a victim of circumstances. And it has just been awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, of course, we still have our bumps in the road and ups and downs. Everyone does. But it's just an ongoing journey of let's have fun together and let's connect and let's use our time in ways that we enjoy instead of feeling like we have this obligation to do list. So, so how old are they now? They are five, seven, nine, and 11. Got it. So it hasn't been that long because she was eight. Right. It was only three years yeah. ago. Yeah. So just can we unpack years. that situation a little bit? So, sure. so you are definitely hitting rock bottom. So what do you remember sort of like what gave you permission to take it? Like what was that moment that you were like, oh, I really need to take care of myself. And you sort of sought what that might look like and how you sort of went about that process. Yeah, a great question. You know, and it's interesting. And I think we always have our, our own perfect timing, right? Because yeah. to be honest, for a while, I was so, my number one concern, I was in such a place of stress and overwhelm. My number one concern is to do everything for my daughter. Yeah. And I was running myself ragged, like I said, trying to do more and more and more. And I kept trying to take more action to yeah. find the right solution for her. And then it, she was getting worse. I mean, she went from at first being on one seizure medication. I'm like going to get emotional thinking about it. But all of the things I was doing, it wasn't helping. It was, she was getting, still having seizures and having more. And it wasn't until I was like, I, something's got to shift. I mean, I, I can't pinpoint it exactly the thought, but I just knew yeah. that what I was doing wasn't effective. Got and, it. I needed to do something different. And, and really it was kind of this interest of, believe it or not, I actually kind of allowed for whatever reason, I allowed myself to think about what was inspiring to me. Yeah. About what, I mean, I feel so crummy and so bad that I, I want to start to feel better. So what is it that's inspiring to me? And working with this program that I first stepped into was something that was just genuinely exciting for me. So I think that was the shift is when I gave myself permission to like, you can feel good. Even yeah. if the things around you aren't that great, you can start to feel good. And then that had the ripple effect with everyone. Cool. Well, and it seemed to have a pretty quick ripple effect because yeah, it, it all cleaned up pretty quickly in, in it, retrospect. In <laughs> retrospect. At the time, it didn't seem like yeah. it. In retrospect, it really did. And, and again, it's one of those things that I think it really speaks to the profound impact of as a parent, as a mom, especially when you get centered and grounded, I think the gift for me was I was able to really hone in on connecting with my intuition as a mom so deeply that I'll give you a couple of examples. Like, you know, for my daughter, she was at school and they had suggested doing like IEP plans and different mm -hmm. things to help alleviate her stress because we found out for her, her seizures were really directly linked to her stress levels and her anxiety when she would get worried about things that's when she would start to have a seizure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they wanted to have special accommodations and stuff for her around testing and things like that. And when I got clear and when I had kind of like the fog and all of that haze melt away, I was able to really tune in and say, you know what? I can see how that's a recommendation and I can value that perspective. However, in her situation, we talked about it. And again, we had more meaningful connections and conversations. 
And she actually was the opposite. She was like, no, I don't want that. I feel like I would feel more, um, you know, anxious or, or com- less comfortable about being singled out in a different way than, than having those accommodations. Or that was just her unique situation. But the, the yep. reason I'm sharing that is because I was then able to have conviction around what my intuition sensed was best for my daughter. And another example I'll give you is um, her pediatric neurologist. When we were phasing out of her medication, mm-hmm. he, you know, regularly would have her blood tested for liver function and kidney damage because of all the side effects from all the medication. And what I started to realize is that her going in for that blood test actually was worse than that than what the medication was probably doing because that was so like such an anxious situation for her. A lot of times it would cause her to have a seizure. So we kind of said, you know what, can we bypass those for a little bit of time temporarily and see how she's doing and just allow her to kind of wean off. And she was able to do that on her own. So I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, don't follow your doctor's recommendations by any means, but it was just that I was in a more confident place of intuitively knowing what was going to be the best fit for her in that situation. Well, and I think that's huge. I mean, that was one of, actually, oddly, that was one of my big learning lessons as well. Um, and and sim- we had a very similar story because I went on that whole self-care jer- journey as well first before mm-hmm. I could really tap into my daughter who was struggling, which was a food-related thing, not seizures. But um, but it's interesting because, like, no one tells you that when you have kids, right? Like, right. you're barely told, like, how much you have to cook and clean and all that kind of stuff. But, like you just kind of learn to listen to these like experts that are around and you don't really realize that like actually you're the expert on your kid and that's, you know, that's why you're their parent. And that really a lot of the, you know, and I feel like a lot of time it's like that nagging voice in the back of your head that's saying like, yeah, no, 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 no. I don't think that's completely right. You know, but, and then, you know, the doctors are saying something else and you're like, no, but that is right. Like, Cause I know, cause I'm with her like 24 hours a day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and honestly, it's so funny. Cause that's what I always tell the parents that I work with. I, you know, almost, I do work with some, some husbands, but almost exclusively moms. And I tell them all the time, like working with me is exactly this process. I'm not the expert on your child. You are the expert on your child. I'm just going to help you unpack those layers. So yeah. You tap into that intuition and you'll know with clarity what is going to work best. Yeah. Okay, so one more question about what you shared in your story, and then I want to move on to to another question. But so the dinner thing, you just kind of threw it in there that all of a sudden you were like having dinners and sitting down and, you know, that. So how how did that sort of come about? Was that part of your self-care? Was that in relation to your daughter? Like, how did you make that happen if it wasn't happening before? Um, Both. Uh, To be honest, I think it was we just, I was able to kind of just shift the focus on what was a priority. And part of it was my own um, letting go of living up to a certain expectation. For many years, what I realized now looking back, of course, I'm saying it's 2020, is that my family was very active and on the go. And part of that was this kind of this desire to be doing the right things, right? To have my kids in gymnastics and a piano and in cheerleading and this and we were very busy so just the scheduling availability at that time was not that we prioritized preparing meals together and cooking and sitting down and having those meals and i gotta tell you mia that is like now my particularly my oldest daughter that is like her favorite thing to do she loves to cook with me and we cook and prepare meals together all the time and little did i know because i wasn't tuning in to her and really kind of letting her communicate and be who she naturally loves to be. It was kind of like, oh, do you want to do this? And do you want to do gymnastics? And do you want to do this? Like we were missing out on this special opportunity to come together and connect and to do what both of us really enjoy. Yeah. So kind of the unpacking of, I think, what I'm going to put on myself as like societal expectations that I was falling a victim or that I was kind of getting wrapped up in. And then giving ourselves permission to to step back and say, well, wait, what do we really want to be doing versus feeling like we should be doing? Does that make sense? It, it totally. And it's, that's really interesting because I've been talking about this a lot this week, actually, with my husband, because 
we definitely came from that as well. But you know, it was seven years ago. And I joke about I laugh about it now, like that I wanted to take our then three year old like to museums and like, like he would have any right. recollection of it now. Right. You know? like, and it's funny, because we've, you know, we've been on the road this year a lot. Um, but we're, we've been home for a month. So all of a sudden, because my business has been largely online for so long, I was like, how can I never do anything like in my own backyard? So I've just been inviting over groups of women um, and doing local, more local events this past month as I've been home because I'm just kind of, you know, on the, the roll from the road. But I get a lot of responses from people who I know and love very well. And it's like, you know, well, I'm going to the symphony and the museum and the this and, and then the, the ending comments of like five correspondences in a row was like, how does life get this busy? And I'm just thinking like, we, we make it this busy, you know, like it's yeah. a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice to be busy. Um, so, so tell us, like, in that busy part of it, because I think that's big right now. You know that right. that whole idea. I, I spoke to someone the other day who has three kids, and their children always played soccer, which I actually think team sports can be awesome. But then what happens is it's this whole like, you know, I think they're awesome at some point and at some level, and then and then there ends up being this there's three teams, right? You could do right. home one, you can do the travel one, you can do the expert one. And some children do all three and then you have multiple kids. And then all of a sudden there's like nine things. And it's, that is when like mom self care goes like so out the door because it's impossible to take care of yourself. If you're doing that, like every, you know, working or not working, it's like literally impossible. Absolutely. And, and, and you touched upon it because it, it kind of just evolves from one to the, the next to the next before you even really realize it. At least that's what happened in our experience, right? So my daughter started some tumbling classes when she was little and then she enjoyed them. And they're like, oh, she should try out for the free team. And then she did. And then it's like, oh, well, she should be on the... So you kind of just get, I don't know, sucked in isn't the right word, but you kind of just move with this yeah. mass expectation of this is just the next step and this is just what everyone does. Yeah. Um, and I completely understand the fear of feeling like you're going to get left behind or like your child's going to get left, get behind, left behind. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and it's interesting because I, I absolutely experience it. And I talk with moms all the time and they say, you know what, well, but I feel like if my child's not involved in it, they're going to feel left out or they're going to feel like they don't have the same connections with their friends and everything. And, you know, I, I, understand that and I can appreciate that space I've been there and yet at the same time it's so it's just so different and so relaxing to be free of that yeah feel like you have your own choice over what you do with your time instead of it being time blocked and scheduled for you you know so it really I think it comes down to finding a balance and finding finding the right amount that's going to work to support your your kids' socialization and involvement with their friends, and to also prioritize your family, what I call downtime. You know, that's one of the big things that um, in my program, we specifically have like a whole process, a whole step teaching about the benefit from a health perspective wise of having quote unquote downtime or unstructured time. Yeah. It's really important for your kids' creativity and for the balance of their nervous system and so many different things that if we had that awareness of how important it is to maybe prioritize that just as much or at least in a, in a more significant way than we sometimes do. A lot of times people think like, oh, if you're not doing this, then you're kind of a slug on the couch or you're not really doing anything productive. Well, yeah. that may be the case, but there's also an opportunity to make it really fun, valuable, unstructured time as well. Yeah, one of, I love something that one of my mentors said once, um, is, who's Kim John Payne, who wrote the book Simplicity Parenting. And I remember him explaining once, like, really wanting to take his kids to a basketball game. And, you know, they're a bit older and um, it being a really late game. But then knowing that, like, that's cool, but then you just sort of have to sandwich it by the downtime, which I think is really helpful for right. people down from a lot. It's like, great go to the museum like go to that concert like take it in but then like on the other side of it like have a day home and what's amazing about that that I found is that then kids take it in at a whole other level like 
they're actually like absorbing it instead of just moving on to the next thing. And, you know, drawings are being created and, you know, doll play is happening and you know what I like all this stuff happens just as a result of this one, two hour, like outward thing, but they're really getting a chance to like recuperate and take it in. Yes. I love that. How you talk about it just goes, it like sinks in so much deeper, right? Yes, absolutely. So, so what's a, so in, in your world and you're working with your mom. So like, what's a stepping stone to that? Like, let's keep, let's, let's help some people get there. (laughs) Like what happens if you're, what happens if right now it's the spring, it's the middle of the spring, you've already paid, like you're registered for six things and you're just scrambling. Like, what do you do? If you're already scrambling with your activity, I would say scrambling, like, how do you get, like, how do you get out of that? You know, like, how do you get out of that mindset that like, it's going to somehow like affect your child's college future or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first step is to take it slow, right? Is to start with little things. Like even if it's an incremental 10 minutes a day that you can kind of carve out to do a little bit of connecting or a little bit of, um, activity together. Maybe it's just like reading up and cuddling up with your kid and reading a book on the couch, or maybe it starts with you first as a mom. A lot of times I say, you kind of have to get in that space first before you expect your child and your family to get rearranged and and, and to see the value. So maybe it starts with something as, as, as easy as you wake up 10 minutes earlier than you normally would, or the first 10 minutes of your day, you're going to carve out to just simply meditate or grab that cup of warm water with a slice of lemon and journal do something for yourself to kind of get yourself in that space of hey I have to experience the value of this right I have to experience like how if I do this little sliver it's actually going to help me with the rest of my life so that then I want to do more of it yeah does that make sense yeah I love that um and then maybe the next time you sign up for one thing or two you know right Right. And I think, you know, it's important to have those conversations with your kids because sometimes too, we assume that they want to keep doing all this stuff and they kind of assume that they need to keep doing all this stuff, but having that conversation like, Hey, you know what, next session, we're going to sign up for one of these, which one is most, do you, would you pick which one is the most for you? Well, and I like the way you just framed that because I feel like it's important to bring in our kids, but with that structure uh, of like, you know, we're going to pick one. Cause I feel like, well, so I, in my three kids, I have two who could not care less. In fact, pretty much would prefer to be home and kind of get upset when they need to go out. Yeah. <laughs> and I have one who would literally sign up for a thing an hour if, if I would let her. Right. Like that's just her personality. But, but honestly, even she eventually gets sick and, you know, her body like reacts to, to doing all that. And so, you know, she, one of her, she's the drama one. So it's like, you go all in and you like do a play and you fully go in and then you like take off a couple weeks. And then, you know, you, you're constant, like we're constantly like just trying to craft it. So she's, you know, in and out and knowing that she doesn't have to do something every second. And I think that's such a helpful life tool for like those yeah. times. Like if we all think back, well, so like when we graduate from college and it's just like, you know, that's when we get into this problem yes, yes. <laughs> of like doing, 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 um, and not necessarily toward an end goal. So I love that. Well, another thing it's kind of fun to do is I talk a lot about like manifesting things and allowing things to happen with my girls. So even in just conversation, we'll talk about like things that they, you know, things that they want or things that they think would be fun and things that they want to experience and we'll just talk about well let's just think about that for a while and see how that comes up or see what happens and at such a young age they're they're great manifestors right they can think about things and then they experience it and having them start to make that connection that I don't always have to be doing 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 I can kind of think about it and then be patient and then an opportunity presents itself I think is so valuable for them to start to tune into at an early age. Yeah, it's interesting. We, we recently had that experience with my youngest who, um, you know, she has two older siblings. So with the youngest, it's like always wanting to do things a little earlier than the yeah. oldest ever did anything. But um, she's been wanting to play the violin like for so long. So finally, we sort of said yes, and we signed up for a lesson. But it, it, I don't know, it, she didn't quite catch on. So 
So we sort of just did that and then let it be. And then we were going on this road trip. Um, but just like listening to her, like she would, I feel like she would get just as much out of talking about it, if not more than like the actual lesson, right? <laughs> but like a violin lesson is like $65 or something. So it's like, if you can get just as much about thinking about it and talking about it, and she would draw violins and she would like sing songs. And then just finally last week, like we were in a place long enough to like make it happen. And it was awesome. Like, and now she's practicing every day. You know, it's just yeah. like, like that opportunity really does present itself. And there was nothing wrong with those two years of her talking about telling the whole world that she played the violin and was going to play the violin. And, you know, like it was great. And, and if it didn't work out, that would have passed and the next thing would have, you know, happened and we right. you know, it would have been fine. Yes, I love that. And that probably, it probably made it, like you said, so much more significant for her when the, the timing did come and she yeah. is playing it now. Yeah, know? totally. Um, okay, so how about, how about like healthy? Let's talk healthy. So, so what, what contributed, like what do you feel like were the biggest changes with your kids in terms of, you know, you said you weaned her off all those medicines. It's like, so what, what were the yeah. big changes that led to that as a family? Well, and it's funny because if I'm going to kind of switch gears and get a little bit more, um, um, I guess, technical about mm -hmm. the nutrition piece. Mm -hmm. And there were two things in particular that I think became like game changers once I had this, this understanding of it in this way. And I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying I believe that there is no one way of eating that's right for everybody. It's really about this journey of becoming your own detective to find out what works for your body. Totally. And yeah, and absolutely. And having said that, I do think there are some key nutrients, obviously, that our bodies need to work well, right? So getting those, those in is really important. So for my daughter's situation, I'll just kind of explain, and actually it had an impact for my husband's anxiety as well, was we really started to learn and understand the benefit of adding soluble fiber into our diet in a much more significant way. And I, and I talk about this because, you know, I, I discovered how the liver is our organ that's responsible for detoxifying fat soluble waste out of our body. Yep. And in her situation, she had such high amounts of stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol those actually can be their neurotransmitters in the brain that that generate activity and and literally if you think of a seizure almost like a short circuit in the brain like it's almost like too much energy going on in her head right so she had lots and lots of those cortisol adrenaline stress hormones that would then trigger almost like short circuit effect in her brain when she would have a seizure and i was a parent because like i said i knew it right away when she was hospitalized in the very beginning she started having a seizure every time the doctors were on rounds and would come in to check on her. Wow. So early on, I knew that there was this correlation between her anxiety level. Got it. Uses the hormone, which then caused the seizure. So how does fiber have a role in that? Well, in the liver, all of that excess hormone, meaning all of that adrenaline and cortisol that was released when she was feeling anxious, goes to the liver, gets put into your bile, and is waiting to then exit the body. Hmm. However, if you don't have adequate and consistent amounts of soluble fiber that you consume, yep. that excess hormone gets in the bile and then eventually gets recirculated back into your blood supply. So it just keeps oh. adding and adding and adding. So I discovered that up to, for some people, up to 90% of their excess hormones and metabolic waste and all that stuff doesn't actually leave your body in the form of a bowel movement. It stays in your blood supply. And that's what was happening with Julia. Believe it or not, I mean, she was a healthy eater in terms of she ate fruits and vegetables, but yep. not the quantity that she needed during that period of her life when her hormones were, levels were so high, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, totally. So what we did is we added um, soluble fiber into her diet consistently. Like she would have it with three meals a day. And, and still to this day, our whole family is very cognizant of eating fiber. And when I say fiber to me, I'm like, the easiest way to add that is having beans. Legumes are like yep. a great source of fiber, yep. right? So we, just, we eat so many beans in our house. <laughs> yeah, beans. Beans are great. We just add beans into like every, even like bean flour and yep. bean mixes and things like that. So, so that was number one. And the second thing that was that was a game changer was discovering um, 
efficient protein sources. So and again, there's no wrong or right. I know a lot of people who are very healthy and very happy eating vegetarian or vegan and it works for them. In my daughter's case, she actually was never really big meat eater and, mm -hmm. and I myself didn't used to eat very many, very much meat. We weren't vegetarian completely, but we would not yep. eat it very often. Yep. And what I discovered was, so as her brain was rebuilding, it needed, you know, your body is constantly creating new cells to regenerate. Well, when we wanted her brain to heal so that she would no longer be triggering that seizure activity, in other words, create new pathways in her brain, they needed to have new cells to be built. Well, each new cell requires protein. And the proteins that she was eating were primarily from vegetarian sources, Got which it. I'm going to give an analogy. This is kind of a weird analogy. I learned this from the registered nutritionist we worked with, but she's like, those are great. You can have complete proteins from vegetarian sources. However, it requires your body to do so much extra work. It's Got like it. if your daughter comes up and says, hey, mom, I'm hungry, and you hand her a turkey sandwich, she can eat that turkey sandwich and her hunger is satiated quickly, right? It's yep. easy. That's like if you have an animal source of protein because your body is very similar in structure to the animal protein. So it can yep. make that a usable cell pretty quickly. Now, if you have other sources, like from other vegan sources, it's not as easy to construct it into a new cell. So it's like the analogy if she comes up to me the next day and says, hey, mom, I'm hungry again. And I say, okay, here you go. Here is a bow and arrow. Oh, and here's a husk of wheat. There's a forest preserve across the street. You can go hunt down a wild turkey and grind some wheat berries and, and make your own loaf of bread. Can she get a turkey sandwich? Sure, she could eventually, but there would be a lot of extra steps and a lot of extra work that she would have to do before her need for hunger was satisfied. So yeah, so in all of those extra steps, by the way, also produce more metabolic waste and more hormones to get them done. So in other words, as we were trying to clear out her body's waste and her body's extra hormones, we didn't want to give her something that was going to make more work Got it. for her body to create these cells. Interesting. So, so making that shift again for her at that time, she was eating sometimes as many as six small servings of protein in a day for wow. just a short period of time. And even, you know, like I said, three to six servings of beans in a day. This yep. was just temporarily to kind of get her body back on balance to give yep. it the stuff that it needed. Mm -hmm. So that that's and, it, and it, I know that's kind of technical, but that was yeah. kind of in our journey. Yeah, was a big piece. Yeah, and it's funny, and that's where I have really learned that you know the standard American diet does not serve us, and we really have to have that intuitive piece because my big healing moment actually was going vegan and gluten free. Right. You know, and that like totally did what it needed to on my body. But then my daughter who was suffering at the similar time and we were doing all her stuff, she really is like a protein and fruit and veggie. Like, you know, like whereas grains really served me, like actually they didn't serve her and she needed to actually a lot like what you're talking about with your daughter. Um, and that right. really helped her. So it's, it's cool. Like, I mean, it's just amazing how when you really tune in. Um, you can make it happen. And for anyone who's listening, I think that doesn't mean you have to make 10 meals a night. Like there's a way no, to make no, it no. work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, cause we eat kind of a variety, but we figure it out. Like I figured out in one meal, it all works out. Right. Um, that's not a good situation to get into either. But, um, but it really is amazing how we each have this, this makeup. Do, do you guys do eggs? We do. Yes. So there's this awesome, do you know the spunky coconut, the, that blog? No. Okay, so you have to, I'll send you the recipe. I'll send you the link, but there's this awesome recipe also for anyone listening that is a cake that's made of white bean, coconut flour, and egg, basically. And Ooh. I make it once a week because it has that legume and that protein. And for my daughter who needs those things, it's like this awesome sweet treat. Um, Ooh, I'll have to look that yeah, one up. <laughs> yeah, it's totally moist. It's really good. It's what I use actually when it's birthday cake time, but I also make it kind of regularly as like a snack to pack. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So let's transition into um, how people can get a hold of you and, and why they would. Yeah, of course. Um, absolutely. I would love to connect with anyone who has questions. Like I said, I really focus on kind of three things is supporting moms as they get in touch with their intuition. Like I said, because once you can kind of get clear and confident about not only your own health, but the health of supporting your 
children, that is a great space to be. And using some, some helpful strategies to improve communication. I don't know if you're like a mom who feels like your family tunes you out and the things that you say, your kids just go in one ear out the other ear, or even your spouse doesn't really seem to, to register very often, then um, I definitely am all about empowering women to have effective ways of communicating with their family. So their family can see that they have their best interests at heart. And then finally, that time piece of finding time for yourselves where it can actually be easier to reallocate your schedule and reallocate what you do so you enjoy yourself more and your family does too. So yeah, so those three things is, is really kind of what my whole, I have a, a, you know, a process and a system that works great to, to improve all of those areas of your life. And if someone wants to connect with me, they can go to my website at hinmans.com. That's H-I-N-M-A-N-S.com. And I would love to share my free gift, our Vibrant Child Starter Kit. So that's available at hinmans.com as well. And oh, cool. you can start with that. All right. And we'll put that link into the description of this episode. So everybody can just click on it if you're driving and not in front of a computer right now. Um, so I have actually one question that I ask everyone, but before I ask that question, I have to ask um, your uh, um, a tip for the, the, the communication piece. So do you have like one little piece of advice for someone yes. who's really struggling that no, that a spouse isn't on board? Yes. I want that one little, that, that little tidbit first, and then we'll go into the last question. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For any communication, the key, I feel like the key to communication is to, you have to get to the same starting place first, right? Because oftentimes we're coming from two different perspectives, and when you start from those different perspectives, usually people's defenses get triggered, and then things don't really pan out very well. So the key is to get to the same starting place, and you can do that by really tuning into what is the other person feeling and what are they needing? Because everyone knows what it feels like to feel excited or to feel hopeful or to feel confident or to feel anxious or to feel worried or to feel scared or to feel overwhelmed. So we can all relate to the feeling. So whenever someone's talking to you and it's hard, it's, I'm gonna tell you it takes some practice and it takes some awareness. Usually it starts with reflecting after the conversation didn't go the way you want it you can then ask yourself, wait a second, what was that person feeling and what were they needing? Because if you can get in touch with what it is that the person is feeling and what they're needing in the moment, then all of a sudden you're starting from a grounded place and that opens up the creativity for both of you to be able to connect with a creative solution that works. So could you give an example? So like yes. a lot of times we'll hear, like I'll hear a story of a, you know, a mom trying to just cleanse and take care of herself for a minute and you know a husband being like I want my meat and potatoes and why aren't you eating it with me so like what would if you know obviously if you're tuning in everybody's situation is different but like right. what would be some examples that you might have heard in from clients and whatnot in that situation so like in that situation from based on what you're what you're yeah. sharing my guess is that what that husband is feeling is they're feeling uncertain or scared. Sometimes husbands don't like the word scared, but they're feeling uncertain and they need to know that you're not going to require them to change. Oh, I like that. Yes. So if you can say, hey, listen, it sounds like you're feeling uncertain and you need to know that I'm not going to force any change on you. Is that, am I understanding correctly? They're probably going to say yes. And if you say, hey, listen, I get it. You're, you're your own person. You can make your own choices this is important to me. I'm feeling hopeful. And what I need to know is that I can have your support. Yeah, I love that. That's a good one. And actually, in a previous episode, which people can go listen to, we interviewed um, Stacy Martino, who you know, too, right? Do you know, Stacy? Yes. Um, and uh, she had a, a good thing about because in that situation, you still need to come at the kids from like a uniform, uniform, point of view when it comes to dinner obviously you don't want to be arguing that you're having your salad and your husband's having you know potatoes and steak right. um, so, so somebody has to take control in that situation you have to come to like a unified thing but I love that that's awesome and and you know seven years down the road I have to say that we all we all did come to a similar place but it's a process it's certainly it's a process because we all have all these 
reasons that we eat the way we eat from our past that didn't even involve each other. Um, in fact, lots of times they go like generations and generations like beyond us, right? And we don't even know right. it. So, right. And I love what you said. It's a process. It absolutely is a process. So you always have to start with you. And then usually when, when things are going so well for you, it's almost like other people are like, hey, what's going on over there? Like, I want to yeah. get some of that, you know? Yeah, totally. It's that patience and that just, you know, trusting in the process. Yeah. All right. So that was a total aside because that was a gem that I hope ev will serve everybody. <laughs> so um, the question that we always wrap up with is tell us about a meal that had an impact on you. So it could have been the food or, or an aha you had while at the meal or some memory of the people at the table. So I know there's probably many, but. Yeah, so my, well, I'm going to just share um, just recently, well, a couple months ago was um, a birthday meal that I had in January was my birthday. And for me, I think it's, I mean, of course I love tasty food and enjoy the textures and the aromas. It's really about the experience of who I'm sharing the meal with, though. And it was my best friends, like all of the people who have been so important to me throughout my life. Some roommates from college and close friends that we've grown up and raised our kids together. And all the way back to my girlfriend and her husband that I've known since grammar school. So oh, I love that space. of, And we were in like one of this, this low-key little Italian restaurant that's close to our house. So it's just like the, the atmosphere and the energy and the space of the people I'm sharing the meal with is absolutely what makes it special for me. Cool. I love that. I love that. It's, and it's so true. So it's important to remember to gather. So we have that tool for our, our kids to remember. Yes. And sit. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Amanda. Um, yes, I, thank you. So many nuggets. I'm sure that everyone really enjoyed it. So thanks. You're welcome. And busy mamas, I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Bye for now. So I hope that you really enjoyed that interview with Amanda. I am going to start something a little bit new after these interviews. And today is the first day where I'm going to test this out. But I wanted to leave you guys with three actionable, doable changes that Amanda served up during her interview. And we'll continue this on with the interviews to come and see if you guys like it. Because there's just so many amazing nuggets that all these women and a few guys are serving up in their stories. And I want to make sure that we can all take them and action them and bring them into our lives as well. And not just think that it's somebody else's story. So the three that Amanda shared that really stuck out, stuck out to me were this. The first one was lean in to our intuitions. This is big, um, especially when it comes to the health of our kids, because I can tell you I've had many hard moments in those doctor's office, offices, but that saying that mother knows best is so true and so wise, and I think we sort of end up taking it for granted. And we really do know best, and we have to trust our intuition. So if you've ever been in that moment where you've been you know, in a doctor's office or with the school nurse or you get a call and you just know that what they're saying isn't really what's going on with your child, it's probably because you're right. And so, but this is a gift that I feel like is cultivated. So a doable change would be to start leaning into it little by little to get some resources around trusting yourself, trusting your intuition. Um, maybe around parenting, hiring a coach like Amanda. All these are great steps in leaning into your own intuition around this, this topic of your kids and health. Um, and it's, it's such an amazing tool. So second is really prioritizing dinner. Because before we put our foot down and say, this is something we're going to do, it's hard to say no to those things that get in the way. And there's so many things that get in the way of dinner as busy working people, kids with extracurriculars, just the school day. So it might mean that you don't get to do everything, but you have this whole opportunity at home, which Amanda so amazingly illustrated in her description of how her home shifted. So doable change from this episode number two is prioritize dinner. And then third, it's kind of related because it will give you space for dinner, 
is look at your calendar with the lens of, is this serving me? Is this serving my child or is this serving my family? And the doable, the, the doable part of this isn't saying no to everything that comes up right away. It might be a process. You don't have to quit everything today, but feel into what maybe you're doing for reasons outside of yourself instead of what's really serving you or doing out of fear that your child might miss out on something and you don't wanna be the person to make them miss out. And feel into where you can fit in family downtime. Because sometimes as you start to experience the magic of that, the magic of that connection, the magic of the imagination that your kids get when they have that downtime, you can start to let go of those things that are supposed to be giving our kids that, but don't always give them those tools. In fact, sometimes they make them downright anxious while they're making it literally impossible for us as parents to get home and make that food. So just, you know, you would, you would just spend some time leaning into that, sort of making a plan for yourself and really feeling into what feels good and what doesn't. And then as stuff comes up in the future, you'll have that lens and you'll be able to make better choices. So again, these are three doable changes from Amanda's interview. And the idea behind a doable change is that once a week, maybe every Sunday, let's say, that's what I do, you look at your week ahead and you decide one doable change around your health and your family that you'll focus on for the week. And it could be one of these three, it could be about drinking more water, it could be about streamlining your grocery process, there's so many possibilities. Um, but when you start to focus little by little, the little things end up adding up. And when they're doable, you actually do them, which is part of the magic. So I actually have a document that is called 101 Doable Changes. So I've thought through 101 things that you could focus on on a Sunday night. And I don't want to serve this up to overwhelm, but I want to serve it up as a way for you guys to have a resource that you can pick what you want to focus on for a week and have an endless supply, not think that there's anything to do next. Because the whole thing about this healthy lifestyle, this healthy family thing, is that it's an ongoing journey. It's not an overnight fix. It's something that we show up to day after day after day. And when we make it fun and when we play with it and we have these little challenges that we put in our life, it just makes the whole process so much more enjoyable. So you can go download that at www.plansimplemeals.com slash 101 changes. Again, it's plansimplemeals.com slash 101 changes. So I hope that you really enjoy that. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliments you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit healthymomsmeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at healthymomsmeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.